Hey, really quick before we get into this episode, if you're hearing this intro, it means that my new podcast with my friend Veronica called Socially Unfiltered has officially launched and we would love for you to join us over there. I wanted to make sure I put this intro before all of the previous episodes of the Social Media Survival Guide podcast because just so much has changed since these episodes were published, but the content in these episodes still holds a very special place in my heart. So you may hear some links or some Instagram handles that I'm no longer using being mentioned in these episodes. So I just wanted to give you one place where you knew you could find everything. If you want to keep up with me, Lex, on Instagram, my Instagram handle is at justlexpage, J-U-S-T-L-E-X-P-A-I-G-E. And that's where you can find all of my social media content. It's where you can find all of the different ways we can work together and all of the resources I have to help you survive social media. And like I said, some links may be outdated. So if you're interested in any of my guides, any of my templates, or any of my resources for helping you survive social media, you can find everything at stan.store slash page, and I'll link everything in this description. But come join us over on the new podcast. Again, it's called Socially Unfiltered. You can find us on Instagram at sociallyunfilteredpod. You can find the podcast where wherever you listen to podcasts. And again, I'll link everything in this episode description. Whether this is your first time listening to the Social Media Survival Guide or your millionth re-listen, thank you for being here. But I'm so excited to start this new journey with you. So please come hang out with us over on Socially Unfiltered. We would love to have you. But for now, I'll let you get into the episode that you were trying to listen to. And hopefully I'll see you over there. Enjoy. Really quick before we start, I want to take a second to address the June 24th Supreme Court decision to overturn Roe versus Wade. The overturn stripped away the ability to have a safe and legal abortion. Every woman and their family and their loved ones should be able to make that decision both safely and legally, the decision to end a pregnancy. This decision has dire consequences for the health and the safety of every woman in America. There's repercussions for other landmark decisions also being overturned. Restricting access to comprehensive reproductive care, including abortion, takes away the independence of every woman in America. To learn more about this, you can head to choice.crd.co. If you are able to, consider donating to a private abortion fund. And thank you to Arielle Neisenblatt, who is the founder of Earbuds Podcast Collective, for starting this movement of podcasters making this announcement at the top of their podcast. I think at this time, we're all just looking for unity and just the size of what this movement has grown to to show how important this is to all of us is overwhelming in a good way. So if I can leave you with anything about this topic, it's to speak up and I hope you take care of yourself. Spread the word. I'm here if you ever need anything. I unfortunately live in South Carolina, which doesn't have the easiest access to comprehensive reproductive care, but I am happy to travel with you. I'm happy to take you somewhere. You can take refuge at my house if you need to, because if one of us goes down, we're all going down together. And yeah, again, thank you to Ariel Neisenblatt for allowing me to use this intro to my podcast today and fitting that it fits into today's topic. So, okay, love you. Let's get into it. Hi, welcome back. I'm so happy to be here. I hope that you were excited to see the notification on your screen this morning that there was a new episode. I took a month off. I took the month of June off and I'm sorry that I didn't necessarily announce that in the last episode that I published back in May, but I, hopefully at this point you, I mean, not hopefully, but you possibly follow me on Instagram at this point. And I did say it on there that I was gonna be taking a break. I just had a an insane month between content shoots and traveling for content shoots and traveling for myself, going on vacation and just birthdays and stuff. It was a wild month. And I am a firm believer that you should go where your energy goes. And I could just tell on June 1st, I could tell that I was going to be pushing myself over the edge if I was also keeping up with new podcast episodes throughout the month of June. So in order to not sacrifice the quality or to just put out, you know, a 15, 20 minute episode for the sake of putting something out, I took a little break, but we're back. And it seems like the world is burning down around us. But good news, everybody still cares about social media. And I don't say that in a way to like make light of anything that's happening. Social media is a powerful, powerful tool, especially in this situation and in and during current events. It gives you and I and everybody a place to voice their opinion. Sometimes a good thing, sometimes a bad thing. But this will all go to the topic of today's episode. But I just want to say that if that opening didn't do it for you, if that's not a movement that you can get behind, then you can leave. 
this topic to me isn't something that's up for debate. This isn't a situation where, you know, oh, I can look past our differences to maintain a friendship kind of thing. This is human rights and this is basic autonomy. And I'm not scared to say things like this or to stand up for what I believe in because I know that everybody that is meant to be in my life doesn't find it offensive in that they are of the same mindset. And I say all of this again, promise this is all going to tie into today's episode but really quick before we actually start if you don't follow me your host lex on instagram be sure to head over there because so 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 much is happening like kind of soon so again i announced this on instagram but the social media survival guide 3.0 is coming and it's funny to me to say that out loud because when i published 2.0 i said this is as far as i will ever take this project this project is at the top like it's it's where it needs to be and now i can start working on other things but the more feedback that i got about it and none of it was bad feedback like none of it was somebody being like the guide sucks or i want my money back like it wasn't anything like that it was just hearing what people were still struggling with even after the guide because i do cover 99 percent of everything that you need to know in the guide but there's still things that come up every single day i mean i'm as of next week five years into this business and i still learn something new every single day so I'll get more into that in the next couple of weeks. 3.0 will be coming in September. But if you are already in 2.0, you automatically have access and will receive this update. And like I have been saying since probably the first episode of this podcast, it's going to be an experience rather than just here's your course, good luck. This is going to be the closest thing to working one-on-one -on -one without the cost of working with someone one-on-one. -on -one. And it's I'm so excited. There's so much coming. There's new guides coming currently if you are enrolled the title of your enrollment is the social media managers survival guide because that is contained and focused only on social media managers however with this update the new title is going to be just the social media survival guide and there's a couple of reasons that i did that it's not that it's not still directed towards social media managers but the social media managers survival guide is going to be just one element inside of the social media survival guide so i believe i already put this on instagram but there's going to be a tiktok boot camp guide there's going to be a reels guide there's going to be the template shop like the social media survival guide is going to be more than just the one guide it's going to be the cumulative of everything that i have and put out and i'm so incredibly excited like i wish i want to say i wish that it was september sooner so that i could put it out sooner but that also means i would have to finish and complete all of the updates that i want to make even sooner and there's a lot so stick around for some more updates with that but again the reason i say instagram is because the podcast i put out once a week well, when I'm doing it consistently, I put one out a week. I can only fit so, not that I can only fit so much into an episode, but it's just a once a week update. So just to make sure you're getting all of like the current things and everything that's happening, just follow me on Instagram. And I don't say that just to get followers. I say that because it's where I can easily connect with everybody. And that's also going to be like a huge part of 3.0. I'm just going to call it 3.0. That's okay. Let me know if that's okay. In 3.0, there's going to be a community aspect of it. And I believe that I have that now. Like I love every single person that I'm connected with. I connect with so many amazing, not even just social media managers, but also business owners. And because I'm booked and can't take new clients on, I want to give those small business owners a safe place as well. So not only is it a safe place for social media managers to, you know, ask questions to other social media managers, it is really just a a community as a whole for everybody to have questions about social media in general. Is anybody else experiencing this? Does anybody else know how to fix this? Like just anywhere that somebody can go to ask questions. I also believe since the last episode I put out the template shop officially launched. The feedback from that has been so overwhelming in a good way, seeing how much they are helping and actually seeing them in use sometimes quite literally brings tears to my eyes. It's also just a weird time right now and I'm super emotional. Okay, last thing I want to say before we actually get into this episode is that I, as of last night, had this like burst of productivity and burst of creativity and I am in the process of moving my office around and in the process of moving my office around I switched to the desk that I use so I had two desks in my office and one of them I use more than the other so I switched to using the one that I don't normally use and oh that was a really big lightning I wonder if you could hear that on here it's storming really bad anyway the desk that I'm using doesn't have the edge that my normal microphone holder 
stand has. So I'm actually holding my microphone right now and it's really easy for, like it probably just picked that up. It's really easy for it to pick up literally any movement. So if you can hear like my nails tapping on it, if you can hear me like touching the top of it, I'm so sorry, I'm trying so hard to literally, like I'm holding my arm out so that it's like not touching anything. Like I kind of look like a statue, but. Okay, so I'm gonna cover just really quick some of the things that this episode is gonna be about because it really is just kind of like a smorgasbord slash charcuterie board of a lot of different things. Some of these things have been inspired recently. Some of these have been on my list for a long time to put into an episode, but they weren't enough to make a whole episode about. So it's just going to kind of be me catching up on a lot of that. And then I do want to do some ask me anything questions because there's been a lot of them over the past month and I haven't been able to put them into an episode. So consider this episode just like a cluster fuck of <laughs> my ADHD brain. Okay, let's get into it. So the first topic that I want to talk about is swearing and speaking your opinion and speaking what could be considered controversial and speaking out for what you believe in because obviously, like I said at the top of this episode, the decision that the Supreme Court made, I don't like it. I don't really even know a single woman who likes it. I know a lot of other people who are very upset about it. Like it's, it's hard to talk about because I don't know what I want to say because a lot of what I want to say is just like mean and rude and I don't want that to be my take on it. Like I don't just want to come in here and start like bashing the people who made this decision because at the end of the day that doesn't fix anything. I think there are a lot of things that would fix this situation but I, I again it's not that I'm not talking about it because I don't want to. It's that I'm not talking about it because I'm still trying to like process and gather my thoughts but as I keep saying, this all is going to tie together. So this past weekend, I was in Detroit for a content shoot with one of my clients and it was on Friday and this decision was on Thursday. No, was this decision on Friday? It was on the 24th and that, or when was I with my client? Whatever day this decision was made, the day after I was with my client and we had just wrapped up like eight hours of content shoot. We were just hanging out. We were actually sitting in her office, just like drinking wine and chatting. And we got on the topic of Roe versus Wade being overturned and a lot of other topics like pregnancy and just so we talked about a lot of different things that again I think could be classified or kind of considered controversial and not controversial in a way where I'm like oh my god that's so controversial to talk about it's that it's controversial in a way because I know that my opinion on this is correct and like I said if you disagree with that this isn't a situation that is up for debate this isn't a situation that I'm willing to look past differences, I refuse to see the other side of this. And I do try to always see the other side of things. I'm very open-minded. I try to see everybody's side in a situation before making a, you know, decision or picking a side, which like, I don't even like calling it that, but like, I know for a fact in this situation, I'm not wrong and you can't convince me that I'm wrong. And anyway, my client and I were talking and again, it was about a lot of different topics. It was about abortion. It was about essay. It was about so many different things. And I was so, like, I just kept repeating in the conversation. Also, I made a TikTok about this. So if this is repeating myself, I'm sorry, but I just kept repeating during that conversation with her. I'm so happy that I can talk to you openly and freely and know that we're not going to hurt each other's feelings because there were things that we didn't necessarily see eye to eye on, but that wasn't like a driving wedge in our friendship or in our business partnership. And this leads me to my next topic that again, ties in with all of this. I saw a TikTok recently of somebody saying when you and your sales lead both curse on the sales call or like in social media manager situations, when you swear on your discovery call, when both parties swear, it's like 18% more likely that they'll close a deal with you, which I'm not saying to go out and like drop F-bombs or like force yourself to like swear in front of your client if that's not naturally who you are. But I naturally drop F-bombs like in sentences kind of, I sometimes I don't even realize I'm doing it. It's just like a describing word for me. And I just kept again, repeating to her that I'm so thankful I can speak to you, not even openly about you know, my opinions on things, but openly with who I truly am. Because for so, so, so long, I I thought that professional had one definition. And I thought it was somebody who like dressed in a suit every day was like so just professional, like a professional meaner. And I, to me, it was just such a narrow category that you had to fit in and not everybody was professional and they had to speak eloquently and they had to have like a perfect IQ and they had to be 
so well educated that they have a whole wall dedicated to their diplomas like that's what I thought professional was and as I got older and as I got more established in this business I realized that professional has a lot of different definitions and a lot of different meanings and again I'm not saying to go out and like start swearing in front of your client just because you feel like you have to but your ideal and your perfect client won't be offended if you drop an f-bomb they won't be offended if you are posting your opinion about roe versus wade being overturned on your instagram story because anybody who does find offense with that isn't meant to be in your life anyway and i'm really big on this with my personal life too not even just my business but i wanted to relate this back to my business because i do feel like as business owners we are kind of like looked down upon or frowned upon if we do something that isn't classically defined as professional I, like I said in the TikTok that I made about this, not to be dramatic, but in the past five years, I have probably had over a hundred, if not a couple hundred people tell me that my business is going to fail or that I'm not going to do well because I bring too much of my personal life and my personality into my business and I'm not constructing my business in a way where I'm not hurting people's feelings. Like, I don't care. I don't care if what I, mm, that kind of sounds bad. I don't like to hurt people's feelings and it's never my goal to hurt somebody's feelings or to offend somebody. But at the end of the day, if who I am dropping F-bombs offends you, we're not meant to work together anyway because it would require me to have to tone myself down and it would require you to have to sit there and listen to somebody speak who you don't like speaking. And that's just not fair. And it's, again, I bring all of this up or kind of as a topic of this episode because I, I don't think it's right. Like I think a lot of people are filtering themselves. I think a lot of people are forgetting that who you are is who your client is actually working with. Like as much as I talk about your branding and your brand voice and your brand personality and all of that, you yourself as the business owner, like your business as a service provider isn't usually the one who's speaking directly to your customer. Like yes, in your content and in copyright, you have to have your brand voice and your brand tone and obviously your brand values and your brand views. But when you get on a discovery call, it's not your business that's sitting there to you and yes your business is an extension of you so technically your business is sitting there but you shouldn't have to prepare for a discovery call by like trying to figure out what this person's religious views are so you know you can talk about yours you know and like not that that's something that I recommend talking about on a discovery call anyway but some of my best and most successful discovery calls have been with people where we talk about things unrelated to business for a majority of that call and again i just don't think it's fair that somebody should have to tone themselves down or filter themselves or censor themselves because that's not true to who you are again going back to the people telling me my business isn't going to do well so a couple years ago when the elections were happening i voiced my opinion about it and i voiced my opinion about people who were voting one specific way and it wasn't bad it wasn't like mean or insulting it was just my opinion on it and somebody reached out to me and they were like listen like you really have to keep you know your opinions on politics and everything out of your business like it's really not going to do well like what if somebody is a diehard this person supporter and they come to your page and they see that that's immediately going to turn them off from working with you and I was like good that's what I want I I'm again I'm not saying to go out and be this like vulgar like insulting mean swearing every other word person but be yourself because that's what your clients look for and that's what your ideal client is going to look for and regardless if swearing on the discovery call truly increases the rate of closing or not it's I mean technically that video was for real estate but it's applicable to all industries in my opinion and it's that you your people who are meant to be with you will not find a single thing about who you are offensive and that's really what you need to care about is offending somebody not necessarily hurting their feelings or you know saying something wrong but it's it's such a fine line it's weird right it's just weird and i wouldn't feel right without voicing my opinion that it's okay to swear and it's okay to post about your friday night out on your instagram story because we all know you're a person like we all know you have a life we know that you're not working 24 7 and that's okay i just think a lot of the time online service providers are kind of like again forced into this category of only show your business like you have to be professional you can't swear blah 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 and it's like i'm five years in i'm doing pretty okay and i drop f-bombs on every single call with every single one of my clients so we'll leave it at that but yeah that's something that's been on my mind especially last week when everything was happening and my client and i were talking and again i was just like i'm so happy that i could speak to you without feeling like i have to like think about what i'm gonna say next 
not that any of my clients are like that like all of my clients are amazing i doubt any of them listen to this if you do hi thanks for listening but again i don't have to worry about hurting their feelings and again not that that's my goal or that i wouldn't care if i did hurt their feelings but even like i had a client recently be like somebody told me that this reel that we posted you know wasn't good for my business because it's what i teach in my course and people are just going to watch the video and think they don't have to purchase the course and i was very open and honest with her and i was like sharing things that you know and that you want to help somebody learn is disqualified from all content i wouldn't have anything to post i would have nothing to post because all i do are post things that are inspired by the content that's inside of the social media survival guide because again that's like the melting pot of me and my business and who i am and how i operate and run things and i would never not post a piece of content because I don't think anybody who sees that video and is like, okay, cool, now I don't have to purchase the course because I just learned what I need to know was never going to purchase your course anyway. You know what I mean? So even situations like that, when somebody comes to me with like a concern about something that, you know, we posted that somebody else finds offensive, I just, I'm not scared to give them that like dose of reality, I guess, like for lack of better words. But like at the end of the day, it's not about what you're sharing. It's who you are as a person and how you deliver your message yes there are marketing things that go into it and you need to tell a story and you need to have a hook and blah 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 blah. but at the end of the day it's you and you need to be authentic to you and you need to know that what you are saying is attracting who you want to work with so if you only put things out that fully represent yourself and who you want to work with those are the people that are going to be attracted to it okay next up i want to talk about some of my favorite places to get updates like as far as social media goes and as far as instagram specifically there's been on my list of topics that i want to talk about on here because it's so relevant but while i was taking this break from the podcast this happened and like i said this has been on my list of topics to cover for a very long time but it was so relevant and i literally almost recorded like a 15 minute episode just so that i could have it because it was like truly grinding my gears okay so a couple weeks ago there was this like frenzy around instagram and tiktok that everybody needs to update their instagram strategy right now you need to change your instagram story strategy because Instagram is now grouping stories together. So it was a feature that was tested out. If you didn't see it or have access to it, it essentially just like collapsed everybody's Instagram story. So like if you went to somebody's Instagram story and they had posted 10 stories that day, you would only see the first like one or two. And then there would be a tiny little button in the top left-hand corner that said, see all that you had to click in order for it to give you access to all of the other stories. It was a horrible, horrible, horrible feature. It was so, so bad. I hated it. And I did not see, literally, I did not see one other person say that they liked this update. But like, I don't know what it was about this one, like testing of a feature, but like my DMs were flooded, flooded. Like I'm talking like 15 to 20 people a day were messaging me being like, what do I do about this stories update? Like, I am not going to update my app. I don't want it, blah, blah, blah. Like, how should I change my stories? My clients were messaging me. And look, we're a month later and that feature never rolled out. So we're going to talk about fake news. We're going to talk about when you don't need to freak out about every little update that you see or every little feature that's being tested out and some of my favorite places to actually get real verified information and updates on social media platforms. So I think the reason that this one bothered me so much was because literally within 24 hours of even remotely knowing about this, I saw like right when I opened Instagram that day, like 10 posts in a row of social media managers being like, how to plan for this update. This update is coming, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, well, no, it's not. They're just testing a feature and they test features all of the time. And a lot of the times, those features don't actually turn into updates because they want to hear feedback. Like these platforms, as much as it seems like they are, and like as much as I like to joke about like Adam Sorry being like the bane of my existence, it's they do want to hear what we have to say. And there's a reason that that update never pushed through. And I I can't solidly say that it was because of the negative feedback, but I could assume that that had something to do with it. So 
again, this update, it just seems like everybody was ready to talk about and be the first person to announce this update. And it's funny now because I go back and look at some of the people that I can remember posting about this update and that post is gone. So not only does it seem like a waste to me of a post for a feature that never becomes an actual update like you just spent the time creating that graphic or creating that reel and you know typing out your caption and adjusting your strategies and stuff all before things were like in panic mode like it seemed like it was just like a frenzy for no reason so again there's been a lot of features like this and a lot of them don't stick i did however today see that one of my friends has officially i haven't yet and it hasn't happened on any of my clients accounts, so i haven't personally like firsthand seen it but her account switched over to the full screen feed and i heard that she doesn't like it she said she doesn't like it i mean i'm just going based off of what she posted on her instagram story but it's I don't know i am kind of excited for it but it is gonna require a lot of change and that's just a lot to think about right now but with these features that come to instagram and with these updates it's again i just want you to save the time and the panic and the effort that goes into one of these features being tested out as opposed to knowing that it's like a whole update that's coming so one of my favorite places to get official Instagram updates, and actually the only place that I really look to for Instagram updates is from Adam Sori himself. So Adam Sori is the creator of Instagram. His handle is at Masori. It's M-O-S-S-E-R-I. And he goes live, or not goes live, he posts a questions box on his story at least once a week and answers a bunch of questions from there. So not only seeing those answers from the creator of Instagram himself is like super interactive and amazing to see him talk about it because again, as chaotic as he makes my life, it, I do like the guy. Like I think he's cool. I think he's interesting, but oh, sorry, you could probably hear my nails again. So his profile is one of the only places that I look to for official Instagram updates. He does a good job of like recapping updates that are coming. He posts a lot on his feed. I try to, instead of recreating my own post or like recreating it and putting it into my own words, I prefer to just share his posts right to my story because that way everybody can see it come from him directly and know that this wasn't just like oh this is a beta feature and i'm announcing it as an update that's coming it's like no this is the creator of instagram saying what this change is about to be so i just love that he actually addresses things on there firsthand it's awesome to see and hear him speak about these updates and features so his profile again is like my number one go-to for instagram like i check his profile almost every day another good one for instagram specifically is at creators so it's just creators c-r-e-a-t-o-r-s did i spell that right i hope i spelled that right but creators and they are an official instagram account i don't really know what to classify them as but it's a group of people that you know run this account or it's instagram like running this account or whatever but it's specifically aimed towards creators on instagram which like you're probably like yeah we're all creators but like people who are using reels and using the features on reels and using these new updates and looking to make a like looking to make money off of instagram essentially so creators is a really good one and then also the Instagram blog. So if you go, let me double check before I say this out loud what the actual website is. Okay, so if you go to about.instagram.com slash blog, they have a ton of blog posts, guides, like articles, everything that you could imagine. You can filter it by certain things. So like you can choose all articles. You can choose to filter it by tips and tricks honestly never realized that was on there you can filter it by announcements you can filter it by different topics including instagram business creators design products engineering like there are so much so some of these latest ones are introducing new ways to verify your age on instagram updates to the sensitive content control launching amber alerts on instagram so again between adam sorry's account instagram's blog and the creator's account those are pretty much the only places that I get updates about Instagram and it's the only places that I truly trust to get updates about Instagram because again, it's really easy for somebody to see a beta feature on their account and then post it on their story and be like, this update is coming. Like it just grinds my gears because you don't have to be the first. You don't have to be the first to report it. You don't have to be the first to share it. You kind of also just contributed to putting these people into a spiral. And I'm not judging you if you did make this post. Like I have literally, it's not me being like, you're so dumb. It's me just being like, hey, 
okay. You don't have to, you know, if you're not first, you're last. Like, that's not true, Ricky Bobby. You don't have to be the first person to post about it. I know it's that kind of comes with the territory of being an expert in your industry, but it's just be careful of your wording. Be careful of where you're getting this information. Like, you could have worded, you know, you can word it as this feature might be coming. Like, just be careful about what you say is an update coming to Instagram. So, another place that I like to get verified and viable information. This is more so about social media as a whole, not just Instagram, but you know, Facebook, TikTok, YouTube, LinkedIn, like all of these different platforms is socialmediatoday.com. They have a ton of really, really good articles. They address things not more in depth than like the Instagram stuff, but just they're talking about Pinterest and new study shows Twitter is the most used social media platform among journalists. Like, wow, I can actually totally believe that. Twitter is, I 100% believe that that's true. That, I mean, I do believe it because it's from social media today, but that just makes so much sense. Okay, see, so like this article, social platforms could face legal action for addictive algorithms under proposed California law. That is wild. That's wild because it's true. Like the way that these platforms and the way that social media networks themselves is to make them addictive in is to get you to stay on there as long as possible. I just came across another one titled Instagram shares new tips on how to maximize your reels content approach. So like there's just a ton of really, really good articles on here. They're five minute reads. You can get so much information out of them and they're from, from pretty reliable sources. A lot of these are written like by social media managers. So, oh wow. I'm like just kind of looking through this article. So like these are the tips that they're giving. Okay, so Instagram shared six key tips to help maximize your short form video approach. Nail the hook, get creative with transitions, match the rhythm, keep it on trend, explore collaborations, and be authentic. Though like, wow. Couldn't have summarized it better if I tried. Oh, why do I even do what I do when there's a website like social media today? And I also, just because I feel like this could be taken this way, none of this is ads. Like I'm not sponsored. This is not SponCon to promote social media today. This genuinely is just an amazing website and it's so informative. There's so much information on here. Sometimes I spend like an hour on here without even realizing it because as much as I love TikTok and as much as I love scrolling, sometimes it's like very overstimulating to have like the video and the sound and the noise and all of these things. Like sometimes I like to just read, but I also like to gather new information while I'm doing that. So social media today is a really good one. Okay, another one, this will probably be the last one that I share and then we'll go into something else, is the socialmediaexaminer.com. So it's socialmediaexaminer.com. They, it's almost, almost like social media today. I like social media today way, way, way more. But social media examiner is your guide to the social media jungle. Like that's their slogan. So you know, I love that. I have something called the survival guide. So I think we're all just out here trying to survive and navigate. I, oh, wow. You can even like a free, I'm sure this is just like get people on their email list, but like there's a free social marketing data report that you can get from them. So it's a 39 page report that reveals what marketers have planned for their organic social activities, video marketing, social ads, and more. Get this free report now and never miss another great article from Social Media Examiner. Okay, I'm not gonna lie. I'm signing up for this because I want to see what this is. Like, I wonder if it's good. I wonder, I mean, I'm sure it is, but I just have never seen it before. And I'm not usually like a freebie collector. I'm not usually somebody who is just like out there. Oh man, I just typed my email in the wrong spot. I'm trying to type with one hand because I have to hold the microphone with the other. This is my name. I don't know what they want from me in this box, so I'm just gonna guess it's my name. Okay, so keep you updated on that because now I'm kind of intrigued of what this report is gonna be and what it says. Let me see if it came through. Okay, so this report came through. You guys go get this report. This is so cool. It's basically a 2022 forecast and just comparing like where things were in 20. 20. So like this one section is what is the most important social network for a marketer to be on? And in 2020, the most popular answer was Facebook. And it still is Facebook, which I don't necessarily agree with. I think between Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok, you can make up a pretty significant difference for not being on Facebook. Like I'm not on Facebook. I have a Facebook. I don't use it, but it dropped a lot. Like it used to be 55% said Facebook and only 
47% this time. And then Instagram grew from 22% the last time they were in this poll to 24%. So you can definitely see TikTok has 1%, but honestly, I think that's because mm, there's a lot of factors that are going to go into this report. I think a lot of it has to do with the demographic that they were asking. Like, obviously, if you were to ask 20 and under, a 20 and under age group, what their favorite platform is, they are not going to say Facebook. Even like people my age, almost 30, would not say Facebook, I don't think. I personally, like I said before, sometimes scrolling TikTok is like very overwhelming for me because I'm very neurodivergent and my senses get like overwhelmed very quickly and very easily. And sometimes scrolling TikTok can be like too much for me, like I'm overstimulated. So I like Facebook in the sense that it's like quiet. Like you're not just like push something every two seconds. I mean, you are like ads are insane on there. Have you guys been on Facebook lately? The ads are literally nuts. Like it's too much, it's too much. Like when people complain about the ads on Instagram, I'm like, have you seen Facebook lately? Like places turn into ad wastelands when they're like losing their traction. Like that's how the platform gets paid is by people running those ads. So obviously if they're losing organic growth and organic traffic from people, they're gonna start pushing for more ads, you know? Anyway, I talk about that like I have any idea what I'm talking about. I don't do paid ads. So again, social media examiner, super cool. Sorry, I took a break to scroll through this report because it's really, really interesting. So I highly recommend you go get it as well. Again, it's free, it's 39 pages and they are pretty, pretty, pretty interesting. So yeah, just getting some of the fake news stuff out of the way. I, as far as I know, as far as Missouri has said, there is no update coming to stories that's going to condense them. I know this is like a month old by the time you're hearing it. Like it's not a current issue that we're dealing with. There's a lot bigger issues that we're dealing with. Oh man. But I just, I have been meaning to share these websites because they really are the only places that I will get information about social media. Like if you just Google Instagram update, it's going to bring up some random social media manager's blog post and it's not going to be confirmed. So I don't know. I just like going places where I know things are confirmed. So I hope that is for you as well. All right, let's get into some ask me anything questions. And like I have said before, if you have not yet, go to pagemediaco.com slash ask me anything and you can anonymously ask questions, leave feedback, whatever you want, and I will answer them. Sometimes I have episodes that are solely dedicated to ask me anything. Sometimes I use them as content prompts like what inspires me to create the content that I create is answering these questions. So again, highly recommend using that. I try to stay on top of my DMs the best that I can, but fastest way to get your question answered is going to be by putting it on the Ask Me Anything. And very, very soon, I get to say that you get to put it in the Social Media Survival Guide 3.0 because there, again, will be somewhere for that in there as well that will be free and available to everybody. So one of the first questions on here, I'm actually really excited about because I did have a one-on-one -on -one strategy call with this person after she asked this question and we were able to kind of figure it out. We were able to nail it down and answer it, but okay, so I'm gonna say your name because she put it on here and on the form, it very clearly says if you don't want your name on here, you don't have to put it. So hi, Sally. I hope you are doing well since the last time that we spoke and I'm excited to finally answer this question on the podcast, even though we answered it on our call like a month ago. So Sally said, I am about to have a one-on-one -on -one with you soon, but I would love to know how your clients send you video clips to create reels. My friend asked me to work on her reels and she's been sending clips via text. I don't see myself being able to operate this way for too long. It's mixing with my personal stuff. Also, do you tend to hold on to your created reels? If so, where do you store them? Thank you for your help. Okay, so let's dive into this. So one of the first ways that I eliminate this problem, and I understand that what I'm about to say is not something that's super accessible to everybody. I'm gonna share a resource that I share all the time that will help make this more attainable is I have separate phones. So I have a phone for personal and I have a phone for work. And the reason that I do this is because one, I have more accounts to manage than I can be logged into. Like you can only have five logged into one phone. So I needed another phone. The other reason that I do this, and it's not even a phone that's on a cell phone plan. Like I just use another phone. Like I bought a phone outright. And the reason that I do this is because I've created a separate Apple ID. So when my clients communicate with me, it's all via text. It's all via my separate work iCloud account or my Apple ID. So the reason that I do this is because it does keep conversations out of my personal phone. It helps keep them, you know, more organized. I have the ability to use the same thing on my computer. So it's just really easy for me to be in touch like during my business hours. I understand that this is not, again, it's not 
super realistic for me to be like, go out and get a separate phone. But like even on your computer, like if you have a Mac computer, you can create a new Apple ID and text from it. That has helped me kind of create that separation. So even though my clients do communicate with me via text, it's easy for me to just like open that on my computer and drag it into the folder for them so that I know where it is. I'm really big on organization. So that's the first thing that I want to say for that is if you are able to, if you have an iPad, if you have an iPod touch, if you have a computer, like if you have any Apple product, create a separate Apple ID and use that as your work phone. And this is also where I take all of my client calls, like they can just call me. So that's one of the first things I want to say. So the other thing is where do I store them? So each of my clients and I share a Google Drive folder. So I have a folder for one of my clients that'll be like current reels or like just assets, photos, videos, like everything that I store for them is in Google Drive so they can also see it. So I store a copy of almost everything except stories. I don't really save stories, especially because you can just like go back to the archive on Instagram. But like anything that's been posted, like let's say a post gets deleted and we're like, oh my God, we can't repost this because we don't have it. I will save a video, a copy of that in that Google Drive folder, just in like the past content folder or some of my clients, we do it weekly. So like we can go back and look what was posted each week. This works for me. Again, I don't want to say that this is the only answer, but I do store a copy of them. However, in my contracts, I have a clause that says I don't store anything for longer than 90 days. So 90 days from the time that I put something into that folder, they have those 90 days to go in, make a copy, add it to a personal folder, download it onto their phone, whatever they want to do with it. Because after 90 days, I clear out anything that's over 90 days old. This is not only to keep things from getting clustered and overwhelmed, but it's also, it takes up a lot of space in your Google Drive. And I do pay for what I believe is unlimited storage or it's like 10 terabytes or something. Like it's huge. Oh, two terabytes, I think, which is a lot of, con like that's a lot. It can hold a lot. Like I, that's like five of my external hard drives that I store each of my clients on. So it's, that's one way to do it is just make sure you have a clause in there that like they know. And I don't really tend to like tell them when I'm going to delete something because we're all adults. And if I can figure out 90 days from a date, you can figure out 90 days from a date. I don't mean for that to sound rude, but like, it's just, I don't like text them and I'm like, hey, I'm deleting this reel out of this folder. Make a copy if you want it. I recently had somebody that I worked with over a year ago. So silly. Over a year ago, reached out to me and was like, hey, do you have any of the videos that we made while we worked together? And I was like, well, they're all posted on your TikTok. So you can just download them from there. But also, unfortunately, I don't because in the contract, it did say, you know, after 90 days, I was no longer keeping a copy of these. Luckily with them, I did save a couple of them to use in my portfolio. So I did have a couple to send them. But then from there, I just instructed them how to download TikToks without the watermark, which snaptick.ai. Oh, speaking of, I'm pretty sure I found like a holy grail resource that I will be sharing very soon. Or I guess I could just say the name of it. So it's repurpose.i. Is that what it's called? Hold on. I have it bookmarked. Marks. Let me find it. Repurpose.io. Yeah. Repurpose.io. So I haven't had a chance to actually start using this yet, but if it works the way that it says it's going to work, I will be sharing it ASAP. So what this does is you connect all of your social media channels. So you check, connect your TikTok, you connect your Instagram. I don't know if it works with YouTube and Facebook, but I know for a fact it works with Instagram and TikTok. And what it does is essentially creates an automation that when you post something on TikTok, it's gonna automatically download it without the watermark and save it into a Google Drive folder for you. Do you know how much time this will save not only me, but everybody else who repurposes their content? Like I've been repurposing all of my TikTok on YouTube Shorts not really with like any strategy or anything. I'm doing it to post there just to like kind of see what happens and it can all be automated. So it's super easy. So like every two or three weeks, I spend an hour like scheduling out two or three weeks worth of TikToks on YouTube shorts. But a significant part of that process is me going through my TikTok, copying the link, going to snaptick.ai, pasting it, downloading it, clicking out of the ad, downloading it, saving it, and then uploading it to YouTube shorts. Like that's a significant part of that process. So if I can just eliminate that altogether, that will be, again, truly game-changing. That's awesome. So again, I'm gonna kind of dive into that, use it a little hands-on first before I start recommending it, but repurpose.io, try it if you have. Okay, next question from the Ask Me Anything. 
Hey Lex, I started my journey to becoming a social media manager. I have zero clients. I feel as if people are afraid to take a chance on a newbie. Any suggestions? I feel stuck. P.S. This ride is emotional. This person is anonymous, so I wish that I could direct this towards you, but hopefully you're listening to this and hopefully you hear this. It is emotional. And how you are feeling right now is totally, totally normal. I think I speak for every other social media manager in the world when I say that the draining and the stuck in the beginning is... 100% normal. I don't want to say that it's, you know, it's nothing that you're doing on purpose. It's nothing that can't be fixed. Like it can be fixed, but it's totally, totally normal. Even five years in, I still sometimes I'm like, what the hell am I doing? Like, how do I even know what I'm doing? Like, I still feel stuck. So I don't want to say get used to that feeling because you shouldn't just be, you know, okay with things collapsing around you like are desensitized in America, but it's totally normal. So the first thing that I want to address is you are just starting and it's totally okay to be in this foreign territory and just feel like overwhelmed and not really sure where to start. And even just taking the time out of your day to ask this question to, you know, it's to me, but like in general, just reaching out for help, asking people for their opinions, like who are where you want to be, I think is really going to help kind of just like ease the stress that you might be feeling right now. So one of the other things that I'm going to say is I do think sometimes people are scared to take a chance on somebody who's new. However, that doesn't mean that you need to have tons and tons and tons of hands-on experience before somebody will trust you. So one of the first things that I think you should start with is if you haven't already building a portfolio and if you don't have projects to put into a portfolio, either look into making some mock-ups, you know, create a mock Instagram feed. Like nobody's stopping you from just opening Canva and creating like 10 graphics and then putting them in a feed pattern and putting it in your portfolio and saying like, this is an Instagram feed that I created because it is. It technically is. It's not like you're scamming. You're not lying and saying, oh, I worked on this account and we grew by X amount. Like that obviously would be a little bit different. But if you're just looking for people to be able to see the kind of work that you can do, that's going to be huge. And then also getting some sort of report or proof that you can show that you know what you're doing. Whether that's taking your own account seriously and tracking the analytics and sharing the growth, whether you, you know, have somebody who owns a business around you that would be willing to let you not experiment, I think that's a bad way to put it, but to test out your knowledge. Like it's almost like a test. Like it's somebody is, like I, if I went to a gym and I wanted to join that gym and they were like, hey, by the way, we've never actually trained anybody here. I personally would probably be like, yeah, whatever, like I'll just do it. But most people would probably be a little turned off by that. So I think the the setback to working with somebody who is brand new in the industry and doesn't have any hands-on experience is real. Like I don't want to downplay that that's not something that's real. But I think there's a very select few things that you can do in order to start gaining more trust and again i think that would come with having a portfolio working on passion projects you know start making reels of your favorite products that you use because something that's really going to help push a potential client to working with you is being able to see the kind of work that you make like yes your results are going to be really important too and it all depends on what kind of services you are offering but it's really easy for a brand to imagine themselves working with you when they can see your work because they can imagine their brand in your style and in your work if that makes sense and I would say start with that and you don't have to advertise yourself as having no experience or never having worked with anybody before. Like, again, I think there's ways that you can say, I have done this as a social media manager. Again, not to make it sound like it's not something that's true, but like if you start taking your own Instagram account seriously and you grow it by 100% in the next 30 days, that's something that you can put in your portfolio. So I think it's really important to not look past your own profile because again, not only is that where people are going to get to know you, but it's also a place for you to showcase your expertise and that not only is you know sharing tips and tricks and educational style content, but it's the growth and the impact that you're gonna make on your own profile, I think is really what businesses want to see. 
So I think there's a lot of ways that that could go. And I know that that's kind of a broad answer. If that's something that you want to DM me about, I'm more than happy to chat with you. I would, I just need like a little bit more information before I can tell you like exactly which step to take, but I'm hoping that that helps. And yes, this ride is emotional. If you haven't listened to my episode with Nicole of Nicole Lauren Media, I highly recommend going back and listening to that episode because the whole time we were just like, how are we here? What are we doing? How did we get here? And it's not really something that ever goes away. Okay, the next question, tools for beginners. I just started social media managing and I'm trying to find tools and apps that are worth the investment. Okay, so when you first start out, I know there's a lot, like there's a lot, a lot, a lot. You're probably saving TikTok that have 10 different websites on there that you're like, I wanna use all of these. So I'm gonna start with like the five platforms and tools that I, I truly could not live without. And this is just who I am. It's how I run my business. It's my human design plays a lot of this. I love talking about human design charts. So if that's something you're interested to, I'm a manifesting generator. I'd love to know what you are, but some of my go-to tools. Okay. I'm going to say how much they are too. So Planoly or any type of content scheduling tool is the, in my opinion, best investment that I make. Planoly, I believe is about $15 if you have just one account on there. I have five different accounts on there, so it's a little bit more expensive. Like I think it's upwards of like 50 a month, but these are all, all of these tools and everything are reflected in my rate. You know, like my clients know that I use all of these platforms and they know that they're not free. So it's not like I'm invoicing them their $17 portion of my Planoly invoice every month. It's, these are built into my rates, but I have another question about rates after this one. So I'm gonna wait to kind of dive more into that. So Planoly or some type of content scheduling tool, if you are not ready to fully invest in one, I do have a free one on my website that's made in Google Sheets. So it's completely free. You can find that on my website. Canva, obviously for creating, like I wouldn't have anything to create with if I didn't have Canva. Obviously like Photoshop and Adobe Illustrator are all gonna be different options. They're a little bit more expensive. They require a little bit more knowledge about how the platforms work. So Canva, definitely. What else do I pay for that I couldn't live without? Todoist. So Todoist is how I do all of my project management. You can make boards, you can make to-do lists. It's like $4 a month, I think. They have a desktop version and a mobile version. Mila Note is also a top contender, but I think that that comes a little bit later. I don't think that's something that you need right off of the bat. So those are some of the paid ones, some of the free ones. So answerthepublic.com is how I never run out of content ideas. So if you go to answerthepublic.com and type in a keyword, it will show you, it's like the top 100, I think, most Googled questions that involve that keyword. So like for my lash extension client, like I'll go and type in lash extensions and then it'll show me like people are Googling, can my lash extensions get wet? How long do my lash extensions last? And pretty much all of those inspire our content. What other tools? Oh, there's so many. Like I seriously could go on forever. I do plan to have a source and pool dictionary slash encyclopedia on the social media survivalguide.com when that website is ready. So I will keep you updated on that. But those are just some of the basic ones. I also have a highlight on my Instagram of some of my favorite tools like Instashot is one of my favorite mobile editing apps. Tezza is one of my favorite filtering apps. So like these are all to me considered tools. It's just depending on what you need and what you're using them. Okay, next question. So I've been managing my personal socials and two other companies, TikToks and Instagrams. I'm wanting to get more clients, but it's been a struggle. Where would you suggest to look for potential clients? So some of my most viewable clients have actually come off of Indeed. It's not, it's a little bit different. And honestly, most of them I wasn't even really looking for at the time. It was like, I got this email that was like, hey, we think you'd be perfect for this role. And like, it had been on there for like my, Indeed account has been on there for a while. So like, I don't know what like the generate Indeed to suggest my resume, but I've gotten reached out to on Indeed. And those have been some of my most successful and happy clients, like not pain in the ass clients. And then also Instagram. Instagram, like I said in the last question, is a really good place to showcase your work. And it's really easy for people to envision their brand in your work when they can actually see your work. So I've had a lot of people approach me off of Instagram. I've had a lot of people approach me off of TikTok. And then when I was first, first, first starting, and again, this was a couple years ago, and I know I've told this story before, I literally went and had business card printed and walked around downtown Charleston and handed my business card to like 50 businesses in one day and was just like, hey, like this is what I'm doing. If it's anything you'd be interested in, like this is my numbers, my email. 
you can see work that I've done here and like I had everything linked on that business card and because of that I truly believe that I gained local action that faster than just waiting for it to happen from online so I guess my answer to that is to not overlook traditional marketing methods and that word of mouth works word of mouth works Next question, do you have any recommendations in what classes in college to take to get on this path and how to get good experience for jobs like this? Okay, so I've said before, I do not believe that you 1000% need a college degree in order to make this career happen. I just don't. I know too many people that don't have a college degree that make this happen for me to say otherwise. However, I do think the people that go to college for marketing or social media marketing have a little bit of an advantage because you're not only learning like how the actual platforms function, algorithms and all that, but you're actually learning like tangible marketing tactics. So when I went to college, social media marketing was a thing, but it was like Facebook pages, like that back when like Facebook had pages and you could like it. Like that's as far as it went. It wasn't like Instagram and TikTok and LinkedIn and YouTube. Like it just wasn't thought of like that. So I went to college for marketing and I took a lot of marketing classes and in full transparency, none of those classes taught me anything that I like hold on to till this day. What did actually help me in my opinion was a lot of my journalism and communication classes. So I thought I wanted to do journalism and communications for a minute. So I took a bunch of those classes and they were what interests me the most and it was what I enjoyed the most, but I just couldn't see myself landing like in a journalism position like that just wasn't I'm not really like a writer like that I don't think but a lot of those like workshops and icebreakers and stuff that we did are things that I still carry with me today like we had one section in a communications class that was all about proper speaking and I don't want this to sound like it's negating what I said earlier that like professional doesn't have it professional isn't just one kind of person but for example one of the workshops or kind of like exercises that we did was eliminating saying the word like with just not saying anything at all so instead of saying oh the banana was like a yellow color you just say the banana was a yellow color like your challenge was to anytime that you felt yourself going to say the word like just pause and don't say anything and in your head it's gonna sound crazy and weird but it's it's not you can still make any sentence without including the word like in it unless you're implying that somebody said something when you're like oh she was like blah 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 you know like there's times where you have to use the word like it's not like a word that needs to be completely condemned from our vocabulary but the whole exercise was you had to improv oh my god it was so hard you had to improv for 60 seconds straight without saying the word like and you did have like a fishbowl of topics that you could pull out of see i just did it i almost just said that you could like pull out of but i didn't need to say the like so i just paused it's funny i like catch my again i catch myself doing it and then especially when i go back and edit these episodes i'm like oh my god stop saying the word like mostly because I just don't like the way that I say it. But anyway, that exercise, if you messed up and said the word like in those 60 seconds, you had to start over. So some people were doing this exercise for like 10 minutes straight because it was really hard. I probably did it for like three or four minutes before I actually got it. But that's something that really helped is any sort of communications or journalism classes, I feel as if really helped me in a lot of other areas, not necessarily for social media management, but if you're in college and you're making the commitment and you're making the investment, you might as well get lifelong things out of it that you can take with you and lifelong skills and knowledge. So I hope that helps. Oh, your other question was how to, or the second part of that, how to get good experience for jobs like this. I am a firm believer that working hands-on for free is gonna be the best form of education that you could ever get. Like, yes, you're working for free. I get that that sucks. I'm not saying that to undervalue you or make it sound like we don't deserve to be paid probably a lot more than all of us are charging. But it's very, it, it's essentially learning without having to invest in anything because all you're investing is your time. Like you don't have to invest money. And I think it, that's kind of what it comes down to is you can either earn money to get experience or you can invest time to get experience. And you're not losing money by investing your time because it's not like you have other people fighting for your time to pay you, you know? And once you do that, what I'm gonna call like a hands-on learning experience, you now know 
how things will go when somebody does come to pay you. So definitely just any sort of hands-on experience that you can get. Obviously, I can do a shameless plug here and say, oh, the social media survival guide is going to teach you everything that you need to know and like give you all the experience you need, which is kind of true. But I know that that's not where that question was going and I don't ever want to be that asshole. So I hope that helps. Okay, well, I think I answered four questions, but it took so long. So I'm going to start to wrap this up. Like I said, if you have any questions that you would like to hear answered or please help inspire some new pieces of content from me, I would love to answer them. So pagemediaco.com slash askmeanything. And if you are not following me on Instagram, again, is at pagemediaco. My name is Lex. I am your host. Page is my last name, so that's why it's pagemediaco. And the Social Media Survival Guide 3.0 updates are coming. So again, follow me on pagemediaco for all of those updates and just stay up to date with everything. And I think that is all that I have for you today. Okay, I will see you back next week for another episode where I am going to break down my entire branding process. My entire branding process. Remember when I started a YouTube series on this and then never finished it? Because it's a lot. So I'm going to break down my exact branding process from start to finish. Kind of all the steps that I take. And yeah, so tune in for that next week. Okay, love you so much. Thanks for listening. Bye. Hey, it's me again, your host, Lex. I would love if you came over to Instagram and hung out with us at the Social Media Survival Guide. You can also find my personal slash business account at Page Media Co. Just make sure we're staying connected in your favorite places. If you or anybody that you know is interested in being a guest on here, please DM me. Again, the quickest way to reach me is going to be at Page Media Co. But make sure you follow at the Social Media Survival Guide just to stay up to date with everything that's going on on the podcast. Thank you so much for your time and for being here. And I will see you in the next episode. Bye.